Welcome to Come Along for the Ride, a podcast for horse lovers everywhere. A place where we love to bring consciousness to the horse world. I'm your host, Tracy Malone, and this podcast is brought to you from my home in the Sanford Valley, in the northwest of Brisbane, Australia. This land I live on is Waka Waka and Terrible Country. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and to pay my respects to their ancestors, past, present, and future. And I'd also like to extend that respect to each and every one of you listening. In this episode, I speak with Kathy Mahn from Life Lessons with Horses. Kathy has a wonderful story of her life so far and how her many years in teaching have brought her to horses and assisting and supporting people in Life Lessons as a coach, using her herd to help people find their way in life and so much more. Kathy has an incredible list of skills in her toolbox. One of my favourites is the scented writing created by Sally Swift. She's also done some Alexander Technique, Liberty Horsemanship, Dressage and Women's Empowerment, just to name a few. And she's attended more horsemanship clinics than I could possibly mention. Now Kathy uses all of her skill that she's acquired through her years of learning and gathering knowledge, and she puts it into her passion, which is being a teacher and allowing you to live the life of your dreams. Here is Kathy. Kathy, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Tracy. This is this is wonderful. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Can you first tell me a little bit about what it is that you do? Um, I currently offer what I call uh, life lessons with horses. I'm a teacher from way back and I have discovered that horses are even better teachers than I am. And so with my work, I bring people and horses together so that they can uh, learn more about themselves and uh, allow them to discover how to create incredible positive change in all areas of their life through the, through the work with the horses. I agree. They're better teachers than I am as well. Can you first tell me, did you grow up with horses? Were they always a part of your life? No. I, I mean, I think they were part of my psyche. <laughs> I can remember I, I thinking the about same. them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were always there. Yes. Yes. I think it's genetic. I really do. Um, I don't, I lived in the suburbs of, of um, Chicago in the Midwest and in some in another town in Michigan. And so we were really in the city, in the suburban areas. So there were no horses. Um, I had lots of animals, dogs and cats. But um, the horses were always in the back of my mind. And I dreamed a lot about them and read a lot about them. Um, I can remember the first time we went on a family vacation for the summer. And my dad offered to take me for a trail ride. He said, I can take you to this uh, farm and, and they give trail rides. Would you like to go? And <laughs> of all five kids, I was the only one who said, yes, yes, yes. And uh, that was just the most terrifying and exciting thing that I think I'd ever done in my life. But it just made me feel like I, I have to do this again. I have to, this is so incredible. I, I want to do this again. But it was never anything I was exposed to regularly in my, in my early life. And when did you start getting into horses? So was it before you started teaching or after? Um, 
Yeah, I went to college and, and got my degree in biology and teaching, um, but um, I didn't actually get into horses until I was married and moved out here to the Pacific Northwest. So I was, I was 30 years old. It was quite late in life. And what made you take that step? Um, I think in the back of my mind, I was always searching for a way to get involved with horses. And I remember going on a vacation with my husband, who I guess wasn't even my husband at the time. He's an outdoorsman and a rock climber. And he and his buddy and his buddy's wife invited us to join them on a trip to Red Rocks in um, Nevada, outside of Las Vegas. And, and they were out rock climbing and she and I, the wife and I, would sit in our camp or we would wander around. And I remember seeing horses out in the Nevada desert wandering around. Wild and horses I, or was that on the Yes, road? these are wild horses. Oh, these, are, wow. these are the horses in the Nevada desert. And I said to her, when I get home, we were living in Connecticut at the time, when I get back home, I am going to start taking riding lessons. I'm finally going to do it. And so that was the moment when I decided I'm going to take the steps necessary to, to start this journey with the horses. How did those riding lessons go? Again, abject terror <laughs> <laughs> and absolute excitement. They put me on a Tennessee walker. That was the first horse I ever took lessons on. And, of course, they're gated, so it was a very smooth ride, but still took a lot of courage on my part to say, I think I'm going to come back next week and do this again. <laughs> so it was, it was slow process. It was the one thing in my life I was the most scared of, but the most determined to do. And that's where the magic lies on the other side mm. of that feeling. When I yes. was a counselor or, and even when I was in training and I was in a room full of counselors or I would just go to a workshop to learn more about something that person, which was sometimes me, who would turn up and they were so flustered and their face was red and they were had run late because the traffic was terrible and I thought, oh, today's your day. Mm -hmm. Transformation because it's on the other side of that complete fear, but I'm going to go anyway. And they're like, oh, I wasn't going to come. I didn't think I could make it. And I'm like, oh, I'm so looking forward to seeing what happens with you today because a, it's always a, an honour to be in mm -hmm. that in the presence of that, when somebody really faces that fear and goes to the other side, it's where the magic mm -hmm. of life is, I think. Yes, I totally agree. And how did you advance through those lessons when you kept going back? Um, I, I stuck with them uh, for several weeks. We were planning on moving out here. This was when we were in Connecticut and getting ready to get married. So I knew it was going to be short-lived, but I was determined when we moved out here that I would then find a horse. So I did stick with them um, until we moved. So probably only took about two or three months of lessons and, uh, and, and little by little got over some of my fear, but still at 30 years old, I was determined I was never going to come off a horse because that just, just frightened me so much. So <laughs> did you ever come stuck, off a horse? I, I came off a horse um, about, uh, I think it would probably was about 15 years in, 14 or 15 years in, I did come off a horse, and it was totally my fault. And again, it taught me a great deal about myself and about horses, but it did hurt. It did hurt. 
I did I think break it something. always does. Oh, ouch. <laughs> yeah, I did break something. So that was that was tough. And in looking at your list of experience, you got busy because you have started with some riding lessons. What was it about horses that decided you needed to make it your um, your life's work? Um, I think that I was able to see how much it impacted the people around me. It, it was interesting. I, I learned this about myself through this last five, ten years of really digging deep, that I was always the person, and this is true of my healthcare career, because I spent 30 years in healthcare, um, that I what thought, was well, healthcare? Sorry, what did you I was a physician assistant. I was a, a PA in uh, first in surgery and then in family practice for the last 19 of my 30 years. Mm. Um, and I always thought my job was to be the expert. I was the one who needed to learn all of the information and get it all uh, categorized and organized. And then I was the one who was going to share it with people. But I wasn't necessarily the one who needed that information. <laughs> I didn't need the help. It was everybody else who needed to, you know, to learn this stuff. So as it is, as it is. Yeah, as it is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we can't see what's going on with us, but boy, we can sure spot it in the first person that comes along. Oh, definitely. So yeah, that was my drive was that, man, I'm getting all this great information. I'm, it was at the right at the beginning of the revolution in horsemanship that um, Rick Lamb wrote about. Um, I was buying all the books and the videos and I was going to all the clinics and expos and I, I met, you know, the Prellies and the, and the John Lyons and Clinton Anderson and everybody along the way um, in person and saw them speak. And I felt like, wow, I'm getting all this information. I had so many videos, Tracy, that I literally started an online business called Your Horse Matters that I rented videos to uh, people all over the country, um, kind of a Netflix of horsemanship. Wow. And yeah, that was, it was a, quite an experience starting a business in the early 2000 online because there wasn't a lot of the tools that we have now to do that. So, and was it but, popular? Um, I thought it was. Uh, for a while, I was the only thing online that had such an, uh, a service. And um, it kept me busy. You know, it was one of those, if I got a few people, I felt really good about it. It, it wasn't something in, in the realm of a Netflix, but um, I would probably get in the beginning starting two or three people a day. And at the peak, maybe 10 to 15 people a day would, would order videos from me. So That's fantastic. I, yeah, it, that, it was that many fun. people wanted to know, wanted the information that you had. Mm -hmm. That's the part it, that excites me. People yeah, and it also it. helped that the videos were very expensive, and so to rent them was so much more um, doable for a lot of people. Mm. So where to from there? Um, well, as part of my education and gaining all of this information, I decided. I want to teach this to people. I want to be an instructor. And I don't know how it is in Australia, but in this country, almost anybody who owns a horse and who's been around them for a short time can call themselves a trainer and an instructor. Yes. And I felt really strongly that that was not the way to go. And the part of me that was always told education is the key to everything 
said, well, I need to be better educated in how to do this correctly. And so I really determined, was determined to get some kind of um, standardized training to become an instructor. And that's when I discovered centered writing. One of my clients online who was renting videos was a centered writing instructor. And she said, we're having an open clinic. And if you're interested in becoming an instructor, you can go from this open clinic to uh, joining us for the training of the actual instructor certification. So that was my, that was the big leap. Was, wow, this is great. Now I can actually figure out how this all works and have some kind of, uh, you know, true guidance into where I was supposed to take all of this information. So I was, I was thrilled, absolutely thrilled. And can you give, for anyone that doesn't know, can you give us a bit of a background into what Centred Writing is? So Centred Writing was created by Sally Swift, who, and this is a big inspiration for me now at 61, started to, in her retirement in her 60s, um, discovered that her love of horses and her love of teaching um, could create something completely different than she had grown up with. Um, or actually, I think she she carried on a lot of what she'd grown up with, which was the traditional writing, but she incorporated in it something that she had learned that kept her um, healthy of mind and body. She, she brought in the elements of um, the Alexander technique with... Um, posture and using the body correctly and Tai Chi being centered. She took all of these things that helped her regain her mental, physical, and emotional health, and she incorporated it into her writing. And then she decided to share that with more and more people. So it's a combination. It's not a discipline, but it's a combination of, of what it takes to become a really um, uh, well-balanced individual both physically and uh, mentally and bring it to your writing in such a way that that makes it almost effortless that's the way I think of it centered writing is using your body the best way possible and creating a partnership with your horse's body the two of you working together um, and keeping that centered mind and body in everything you do so it, it was it was more of a way of life I thought than just a way of writing that's it really is isn't it yes that's how it turned out for me it changed the way I thought about myself and, and life that's that was kind of the the moment where I felt uh, something change wonderful so what did you do with that change first I fought it <laughs> I remember talking to my 83-year-old uh, instructor and giving her such a hard time about what she was asking me to do because it just it didn't seem natural and it didn't seem correct, and I fought it with everything in me. And just the patience she took with me and her example of what it means to stay centered and balanced was eventually what you know, gave me the, the courage to, to take a chance myself. So it, it just began a, a huge journey for me, Tracy. It, it, it just, these women that I met were so incredibly wise and so courageous. And um, they really brought out the best in me, whether I wanted it or not. <laughs> what a beautiful gift. Yes, yes, they were. And they still are. I've remained in touch with um, several of them, one who's become a very close friend. Um, so it was, it was incredible. It has, 
continued to be one of the, the turning points in my life was becoming a, a centered writing instructor. And did you then teach centered writing to other people? I did. I did. I became very committed um, in my work, um, and I began offering it to anyone willing to to try it with me. It wasn't a very, to this day, there's not a lot of people in this area that I speak to who are familiar with centered writing. Um, I think where it's actually more well-known in international circles than it is in the United States. I think there's more instructors overseas, but I uh, I did adapt it. I did begin offering centered writing. I, I kept up with my certification and I continue to learn more and go to more things that the centered writing people were sponsoring, but I I did incorporate it into my um, time outside of my practice uh, in medicine. I was doing it part-time for a while. And what was it that led you into the therapy side of things? When did that open your world? Well, I think I can say that it started with my introduction to liberty training. Um, I had uh, collected so many videos, one of which was Carolyn Resnick's um, video on uh, Panadero's journey, one of her horses, and the idea of liberty training. And it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. My idea or my um, only introduction to liberty training was something that happened with you and your horse after you'd done all of your work online, that, that liberty was kind of the last step in your relationship with the horse. But what Carolyn would say is, this is what you do from the very beginning. This is how you introduce yourself to the horse. This is how you learn about your horse honestly, without any attachments or artificial connection. This is I where you really. I love how she says honestly. I love how you just said honestly. This is how you. Yes. Honestly. Yes. There's you. no 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 BS about it at all. Mm. And it turns out that Carolyn had a student named Robin Gates from California who. Um, she worked with and Robin spent I think over 20 years with Carolyn and somehow one of my centered writing uh, friends an instructor found out about Robin and entered and uh, invited her to come to a, her place in Washington State just north of here near Seattle and so when I heard about this I said well you know now I, I really am curious what is this Liberty training and Robin uh, a student of Carolyn was brilliant. I thought she was brilliant in, in the way she presented all of this. And at the time, I was still of the opinion that all of this information was just meant as a way to train horses better, to teach people better. This had nothing to do with me, that I was not the one who needed all of this um, this inspiration and education. I just you know, needed to take that information and share it with my students. And so that's what I did. The first time I went to the Liberty training, Robin was very, um, she, she was very good about getting us all together and saying, let's talk about your relationship with your horse, share a story about your relationship with your horse. And at the time I was not prepared or open to the idea to be vulnerable or to be uh, sharing stories with people I didn't know because they usually lead to saying things that, you know, show that you've you've made mistakes. You've done something that didn't work. I just was not prepared to do that on the first go-round with this uh, gathering. Mm -hmm. And so I just said something I'm sure that sounded appropriate enough but didn't really reveal anything. So that was still where I was at the time. 
when did that change? So I will say it really came full circle when, and I'm putting together actually a presentation which includes this story because I decided just about four or five years ago that I was going to take my new horse, a six-year-old Arab, into a trailer. And at the time, I was working with a young woman about 19 years old, and I wanted to demonstrate to her what that was all about. Unfortunately, trailer loading was one of the things in my toolbox that I was the least comfortable doing. Um, I'd had a really bad experience with a horse early on that the horse got hurt, the trailer got dented, my friend who had the trailer wasn't happy. It just made me scared to death to ever put a horse in a trailer. And so I was showing this young woman how to do it. And as the progression, you know, as the progress with the horse kind of stalled, I got bigger and bigger in my body and more aggressive and more predator-like. And I could feel it happening. I could just sense it, but I couldn't stop it. And the more I felt like I was failing, the more my pride came up, the more the ego took over, and the harder I tried to get this horse into the trailer. And when I really was just about at the end of my rope, literally, I reached back to grab him one more time and pull on him, and he just grabbed my hand and clamped down, and he bit me. And, and I said to myself, well, I deserved that. I deserved that. And I said that to my assistant. I said, I know it looks really bad that this horse bit me, but I deserved every bit of it. And Boy, so then that I had takes a, a lot of awareness, Kathy. Well, I was, as I said, I was in the middle of learning my awareness. <laughs> that, you know, mm. But you'd also into, felt yourself build up. You could feel your body changing. So there's a yes. chance that it could have taken you the other way. Yes. There's something yes. in you that brought you back. Yes. Well, the bite helped. What you needed. (laughs) Horses always seem to give us what we need and never what we want, isn't it? Yes. And I remember telling uh, one of the gentlemen at the barn what had happened, and he his reaction, of course, was that it was the horse's fault. That didn't I shouldn't I have punished the horse? Shouldn't I have done this? And and I just said, no, no, this was all my fault. Everything that happened was all brought to that moment. And so when I Right after that, there happened to be another Liberty training uh, workshop clinic at the same place, and Robin Gates was going to be there. And so I shared my story because this, again, was the gathering at the beginning of the clinic where everybody got to share their stories. And I shared mine, and at the end, you know, in tears, I pretty much said, uh, you know, I I know that this was a, a pivotal moment in my in my growth, but wow you know, look what I did to wave. And I, uh, I, he, uh, he didn't lose any sleep over, you know, how horses re- respond by saying, okay, move on. Life goes on and didn't yes. have a problem, but I know I lost his trust. You know, that was, he didn't lose any sleep, but I know I, I lost his trust for quite a while and it took, took a while to get it back. Mm. But so it was that story and sharing the, that story with this group and being that vulnerable with mainly strangers that, told me I could do it. Again, I can, I can get on the horse and be in abject terror, but having incredible excitement. And now I can share my vulnerability, but I can also take that and, and just use it in such a positive way from now on. Yeah. And so. there's so much strength in vulnerability as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so that was another turning point was that experience with WAVE and and where it sent me. And, and the Liberty training was literally the, the, the gateway, it was the key to taking this vulnerability with the horses and sharing it with other people because they don't, they don't see anything but the true you. They really see everything that's there. And when you're at liberty, they, you can't lie. You can't be something else with them. They, they pick up on all of your, your uh, body language. They read it beautifully. So they are your, your, the reflection of who you are in that moment. So I, I, I could see from that that this was going to lead to lots, lots of incredible, incredible experiences with people, totally unrelated to training or riding. And that's when it said to me, Kathy, this is what you're going to do now. This is, this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. It's so lovely how it, um, how it appears to you, isn't it? Because this kind of stuff doesn't really um, occur to you that this could be possible. And then all of a sudden it takes something, you know, that turning point in life where you go, oh, this is what I meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you start and everything, everything makes sense, but it's that, like you said, it's from one side of that feeling of fear to the other. It's a wonderful mm -hmm. thing. And did you yeah. also um, attend an equine-assisted psychotherapy seminar that year? Um, I did, but um, my after I – it's interesting you said that because that was the one and only time I did that. And I realized that after 30 years in medicine and my job um, as someone who – was about uh, therapeutic answers, I decided I want to be the teacher. I want to give people life lessons. I, I don't want to delve into the, necessarily to all of the things that have happened to them in the past. I want to take them where they are in the, in the very moment that they come to me and the horses and take their, their best selves and just work with that in a more of an experiential education um, uh, approach. I didn't. I didn't really want to be the, the therapy, be the therapeutic approach person anymore. I did that for thirty years. So if that makes sense, I mean, I, I know I understand. Yeah, I understand the. Yeah, the, the the power of doing this with uh, therapy. I, I do see that powerful, but I knew that that would involve me um, engaging. And, and bringing on a, a, a mental health therapist because I am not licensed as a mental health therapist. Mm. Um, so I decided, um, yes, that's very powerful and very important. And I, I really am so respectful of people who do that, but I wanted to do it from a teaching and education, experiential education approach. And so I went to the um, training for equine experiential education here in the States. Um, it's called E3 and so I did my training in 2015 so that I could get a, a better idea and an overview of what that was going to be like. So that was, that was a great experience. And all this time you kept up your centred riding instructions and did a mm -hmm. bit of white belt training. Mm -hmm, exactly. I kind of combined uh, those three things. Um, the centred riding by this time had really grown. I was so busy. <laughs> that I finally had to just say to myself, Kathy, you know, you're working. I was working only part-time at this point, but I still would spend every free moment at the barn. And so seven days a week at the stables was becoming a little too much for me. So I, but it was very popular and very, I was very busy and lots of children, lots of wonderful parents. And 
people. So I loved the centered riding, and I had a great lesson horse, and so it made it all work. And then I was still helping people with their horses, but I was I was emphasizing the liberty training more than anything with the tr with the training instead of the traditional groundwork. I I always introduce people to liberty first, and I emphasize the need for them to connect with their horse to have a relationship before anything else would happen. Oh, it's so beautiful. And how did you make the transition into coaching from there? So I ask myself, Kelly, if you're going to do this experiential education with horses, you're going to have to learn more about the one-on-one -on -one, um, coaching aspect, which is to ask the right questions. Um, you know, open to outcome, which is the basis for experiential education with horses, means that it's it's not about what's right or wrong. It's not about what you think the person should be learning. It's about what they learn from the experience. So your job is just to ask the right questions and let them find the answers. And so coaching was a way for me to get better at asking the right questions. And so I decided to take the coaching class that was offered here um, just south of us in Portland, Oregon. And um, it gave me a lot of great tools to take with me um, in asking those those questions and how is it that it works for you when you coach a person does it do, do I come to you and we set some goals and we head for those goals or do we have to lay a foundation first how does it work so I, I spend most of my time in the beginning just getting to know uh, the person, and and then there's usually one or two things that keep coming up over and over again. Uh, I'll give you an example. I have a, a client right now who, uh, for the most part, it sounded like she wanted to do something with her life in terms of changing her job, but it ended up being more about her relationships with people at work and how that came from her um, relationships with her family. And so we kind of stuck to the idea of what is it about relationships in your life that tend to stop you from taking chances, taking risk, and and going to the other side of what's scary and finding that, that amazing um, thing that you're looking for in your life, whatever it is. And so I, I basically find out what it is that keeps coming up in, in their life. I ask them what's what's going right in your life, what are the wins in your life, and then what is it you want to talk about that's going on in your life right now? And what I notice is it's usually the same couple things that keep coming up. And so I coach in, that, um, in those areas. If it's relationships, communication, if it's trust, if it's uh, you know, just having uh, courage to, to take chances. I, I've alter, I, mean, I, uh, I create activities with the horses that will bring out those, those things that they, that they – um, are struggling with so that they can hopefully find the answers for themselves. I, I'm, I'm just there to ask the questions. That's fantastic. And how did that person go in building relationships? So the, the hardest thing for her was trusting people, um, uh, you know, what it is about people that um, make her stop and immediately judge and then withdraw from them. And we, we, had a great activity recently in which she described how much conflict in her life um, kept her from doing anything with people because she was trying to avoid conflict in every situation. 
And I put her in an arena with two horses that I knew would get along in some ways, but also would play with each other in a very vigorous male way. They were two geldings. So she wasn't in any danger of getting in the middle of it, but I did give her the tool of a good size rope or a stick and string to say, I want you to create your space so that when these two are over here getting into it with their fun and games, you don't have to be involved. Their stuff is their stuff. Keep a safe space for yourself. Create a boundary. And for her, so that was the was key. About boundaries. So her lack it was of about, boundaries because she couldn't yes. hold a boundary. She couldn't hold boundaries or she couldn't see that she had control over how things affected her. She thought the minute other people began any kind of conflict or, or any kind of uh, things that made her feel uncomfortable, that she had no, no uh, control over that or any choice in the matter. And she discovered that she did. She did have a way she could create boundaries for herself with, with other people and not have to get involved in their business or feel like it was distressing her from afar. She would get distressed about things that had nothing to do with her, but that would just draw her own emotions in and, and just uh, leave her totally distressed. So it really helped her to see that she had control over the boundaries. Wonderful. And how did that then play into her relationships, human and horse? So, for instance, at work, she uh, was able to see that the woman who in the past would distress her was was her own person and she didn't have to be drawn into the drama or the, the conversations. And that if the woman did draw her in, she could just very politely say, oh, that's interesting. And and in her own way, just separate herself and, and uh, walk away feeling like, okay, you know, I don't have to get upset. I don't have to be drawn in. I don't have to have negative thoughts about her or think badly about her and judge her. And so because of that, she's had more interactions with this woman at work and is able to communicate with her and work with her in, in a very limited way, but still in a very positive and, and um uh, you know, productive way because she really felt strange about working with this woman. It was really difficult for her. So it's changed her ability to interact with this woman and to have a professional conversation. It's, and I, you know, she always says to me, I still don't trust her. I said, that's okay. You don't have to be her best friend. You just, you just need to know that you have the, the ability to create the boundary that says I can work with you, but I will not be your best friend. You know, there's, she didn't understand how she could do those two things. What a gift. Yeah. It was wonderful to see the change. I've been working with her for quite a while, and just in the last week or so when we got together, she's, I can see a, a definite, just a, a switch and a, a change in her. So it's wonderful. I congratulated her tremendously. And even her interactions with the horse that I gave her, who can be very challenging, she did it with such confidence and with such intention and with a smile on her face. I said to her, do you know you're smiling? Wow. <laughs> so it was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. I know that uh, a lot of people who work in these ways with horses are empaths and empaths have, um, in my experience, in all of my years in counselling and understanding humans, uh, boundary issues are a big one so that was such a fantastic story to get out there I love that you told that story thank you where to from there how how are you growing what it is that you're doing what are you finding when you do this work and what what is it that keeps you going oh 
one of the things I found is my, my best, best buddy now and my business partner, Joy, um, I started something here in the States. They call them meetups. Um, so uh, we, we gather in meetups um, here in the States based on um, common interests or common activities. And so I created a meetup called Let the Horse Be With You. Um, in which people were encouraged to come and just spend time with each other and the horses, maybe learn something about themselves. Um, and I met my partner, my business partner now, Joy, and the two of us are creating um, kind of a shoot-off of Harmony and Healing with Horses. We're going to start actually another page called Just Life Lessons with Horses. And it's my goal to make that pretty much the focus of my work, um, I still have a couple of centered riding uh, students, and I'm willing to help people with their horses. I just don't have my own uh, lesson horses anymore, so I don't uh, really invite people who are learning from the beginning. I just bring people who have their own horses if they want to. But my, my focus is really to develop what Joy and I are calling our own school. We're trying to think of a name of our school uh, because as a teacher, that's where I'm the happiest is, is as a teacher. So we're, we're going to start a school. And what does Joy bring? What's her skills that she brings to it? Sounds really crazy, but she brings joy. Oh, <laughs> she is one of the most joyful, joyful and enthusiastic and positive people I've ever met in my life. And she encourages me on the most uh, challenging days and brings just, we, ha we are having our rainy season, so she brings the sunshine in. So it's... But also she brings an attitude of, um, you know, we're here to help people and what we do is encourage the best parts of people. We're, we're here to, to show them that, uh, and we just were talking about it before this conversation, how people hear what we're saying. The horses will show you who you are. And one person says to her, what if I don't want to find out about that person? What if I find out something I don't like? You know, that's always people's fear. You know, I, I don't want to know about things that, that I don't like. And Joy's answer is always, well, what if you find out about something you do like? What will you do with that? And that's really what people struggle with is, what if I find out there's something wonderful about me and, and I have to really take that and do something with that? That's, that's probably more challenging than anything for people. So that's, that's what she does for our work. That beautiful Marianne Williamson quote comes to mind that Nelson Mandela spoke and and, and um, some people think it was his and it's not the it's not the darkness that scares it's it's the light yes um, it's yes. knowing that we are all the things that we we look outside of us for and and we are everything that we need and and we do have a purpose here and we are allowed to go and live it. Yes, definitely. Beautiful. So what mm -hmm. cha what's changed in you over the years? So you've had that one moment of vulnerability and I'd love to know how this experience has changed you. Um, well, I was just talking to my husband about this last night because I'm, I'm reading a Brene Brown book. She's one of my favorite authors. Um, Rightly so. Yes, and she's just read, written a book about... Um, daring to lead and um, the most important thing I keep hearing in all of this is is to have uh, the courage to, to do the uh, to have the uncomfortable conversations and one of the things that's 
um, been wonderful for my relationship with my, my family and with my husband especially is that I now have uh, the courage to have hard conversations, to, to bring up things that in the past I would have run from or avoided. And because of the difficult conversations and getting better at having them, it's made my life so much richer and our relationship so much better. It's brought me closer to my family. It's brought him closer to his his children because it's been hard for him to have the difficult conversations. So it's really changed my life tremendously in that way. Mm, that beautiful, um, we are the thing we're looking for moment. Yes, yes yeah. exactly, exactly. And where is it that we can find you? Tell us a little bit about, uh, do you only work in person? It sounds like that's where the joy is, but do you, pardon the pun, Joy, um, do you also work online or is it in person? <laughs> well, here's the deal. We, I am also a, a amateur uh, videographer in hiding, and so I'm trying to nurture that part of myself. I, I want to make videos so that I can reach more people, uh, videos that, and Joy and I have um, been practicing the, the uh, we started a program we're going to call Pasture Chat, in which we share with uh, our viewers some of the life lessons that we've learned from the horses. So we're, we're kind of in the stage where we're creating in our minds and on paper, and, and eventually we're hoping it's going to get out there. Um, on video, but most of what, what I'm doing now is local here with uh, clients. We're starting to talk to groups like teachers and people in um, small businesses that will join us for group workshops and activities. I always offer individual uh, life lessons with horses sessions to anyone who wants to do them here locally, but I do want to reach out to more people through, through uh, videos. I think that's really an amazing uh, way to, to reach to reach more people to share with people what it is that the horses can teach us mm, that's a beautiful idea and it works because in from um, we are on the other side of the world from each other but it's um it's lovely to be able to tap into a resource like that from anywhere and there's Australia's a big country like America is and there's not everyone around the corner that you can just go mm. and see and you learn something new from everyone so I agree the online world is something amazing mm -hmm. to support what it is that you do yes and the lovely thing about this work as well what I love about any kind of equine experiential learning or therapy or anything like that is that non-horse people get to connect with these amazing beings and it's not about going to a trail ride with the mm -hmm. possibility of being on a, because you don't know how to ride, a, a shut-down horse that if it wasn't shut down, once you get on it, it will be. Yes. Uh, and they get to actually experience these incredible beings um, without having to be a horse person or without having to go and get riding lessons and things like that. It's such a gift for the whole world. Yes, yes. That was the appeal for me because I really saw it touching so many more people than just the uh, the uh, riders and the, and the people they're training. My, my goal and then the challenge for all of us in this kind of work is to uh, reach people who wouldn't necessarily see themselves with a horse and let them know just how uh, powerful this work is and that uh, 
the time they spend with the horse is is not about uh, a danger that you might put yourself in. My husband used to say to me, well, Kathy, you've always got to let these people know that, that these horses are, are not dangerous because that's what they're worried about. They're afraid of the horses, the, the size of the horses. And and, and I agree in, in some ways that, yes, people are worried about working with an animal that's that size, but that's the beauty of, of having all different size horses. I've just invested in a pony, and she's wonderful, and she's just the right size, and she doesn't intimidate as much as the larger horses. So, you know, there's all different ways to approach it and to make it something that, that just about anybody is going to enjoy, and I know everybody will get something out of it, no matter who they are or where they come from. I guarantee they're going to have a positive experience, even if it's for a few moments to say, wow, I can stand next to a horse and I'm not scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's huge for some people. It really is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did a whole session around that once when I was at a at a health retreat and did the equine experience, the whole thing was she was absolutely terrified and just standing in the presence of a horse was enormous. Mm -hmm. And by the end she touched the horse and that was mm -hmm. enough for her. And I was like, yes. wow, that's brilliant. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What a gift. So where can we find you on the wide world web? Well, I'm currently at Harmony and Healing with Horses. It's a big, long title, but it, it it's a, my website. I am going to begin a new website that branches off to the lifelessonswithhorses.com. Um, but for now, it's at uh, all one word, harmonyandhealingwithhorses.com. Wonderful. And are you on social media as well? Yes. I have a Facebook page and Twitter and um, Instagram. So I'm, I'm out and about mostly on Facebook. That's where I keep um, posting lots of things going on with me and the horses and all the training. So that's where you can find me if you're on social media. Wonderful. And we'll definitely put all the links into the show notes as well. Okay. Well, Kathy, I just want to thank you so much for your time today. And also thanks for everything that you're doing for horses. You're bringing a new light to the world and um, of, of horse people and non-horse people. And, um, and I agree that just some people being in the presence of horses is gift enough and, and it's, it's beautiful. Down to you can change your life and your relationships with these guys depending on how far you're willing to go. So thanks for being so brave today and oh. telling your story and giving us this time. Well, thank you so much. This was just an absolute delight for to hear from you. It was such a, a, a wonderful surprise that to invite me to do this. It was just talk about a gift. This was it was amazing. Thank you so much, Tracy, from all the way across the world. Yeah, I'm always honoured when somebody wants to share their story with me and our listeners. It's um it's a pleasure. So it's such a beautiful um win-win situation. We all get so much out of it and it's so lovely that you get the opportunity to do this. Yes, thank you so much. To connect with Kathy, just follow the links in the show notes and they'll take you right to the place you need to be to check out everything that it is that she does. I'm on a mission to create a community of gentle and ethical horse people so that their horses all over the world can live a better life. This is a big mission with a wonderful message and it needs your help. 
If you enjoy this podcast and would like to join me on my mission of making the world a better place for horses, please engage with me somehow. You can leave a review on iTunes or Facebook, share or comment on social media posts, or tell your friends about the podcast. You'll find all the links to our social media on our website, comealongfortheride.com.au. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you'll find me on LinkedIn. If your friends don't know how to podcast, send them to my website and tell them to hit play. It's the most user-friendly way to listen for anyone you know who'd love to listen but isn't quite sure how. I'd also love it, really love it, if you get in touch and say hi. Let me know who you'd like to hear interviewed on the podcast. I have some wonderful people lined up to speak to, but this is your show as much as mine. So please, if there's anyone you'd like to hear from, get in touch via the website or social media. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover, if there's something you'd like me to research more and really speak about at length or even just in a short way, let me know. I'd love, love, love to serve you guys more. Anyway, thanks again for listening and I'll catch you next time on Come Along for the Ride.